This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to The Playlist Podcast, a weekly discussion of films and TV. I'm your host, Charles Barfield, Managing Editor of The Playlist, and this week I'm joined by just one of my co-hosts, Brian Farver. How are you doing, Brian? Doing well. Missing uh, the third part of our tripod. <laughs> yeah. So you brought it up. But for those wondering, Mike D'Angelo isn't on this week's episode because of our ongoing disagreement over Tenet reached a boiling point and he's decided <laughs> to storm off and worship Christopher Nolan on his own. All um, true. <laughs> yeah. Well, not really. We're kidding. Mike and his wife just had a new baby, so he's off doing his dad's stuff. Yes. So but enough about that. We're here to talk about Joel Kinnaman. Mm-hmm. That's right. This week, we're going to discuss Joel Kinnaman's new film, Brothers by Blood, as well as our favorite projects the actor's shown up in. But that's not all. In fact, Brian and myself, we're going to have a special interview with Joel Kinnaman at the end of the episode, where he's going to talk about Brothers by Blood, as well as Suicide Squad, RoboCop, and much more. Just as a teaser, he also does a really crazy story about killing a squirrel that you're going to want to hear about. It's a doozy. It's it's quite the doozy. But uh, <laughs> before we talk about Joel Kinnaman's latest film, you should know the Playlist Podcast is part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes the Discourse, Be Real, The Fourth Wall, and more. And as always, if you want to find us, you can check your podcast app of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, anywhere else you find your favorite shows. All right, Brian. This week, we watched Brothers by Blood, which stars Joel Kinnaman as Michael, a mob boss in Philadelphia who works alongside his cousin Peter, played by Matthias Schoenartz. I'm butchering that name, but I think that's how you say it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the film is a crime drama about these two men and how their past shaped their current situations as they navigate a life filled with all sorts of unsavory activities. So why don't you start by just telling me your overall thoughts about Brothers by Blood? Yeah, I enjoyed this. There's a lot of grit to it. I it was kind of flashing back to Jungle Land a little bit, just in the the way the the environment, you know, kind of felt to me. And I thought the the cast was great. There's you know awesome chemistry between all, especially the two leads, Ma, uh, Matthias and and Joel Kinnaman. Uh, Matthias awesome what? Together. Uh, showing arts. <laughs> showing arts. Just testing. And and Micah Monroe, who we must yeah. mention, is also in the movie. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's great. And uh, Paul Schneider as well. Yes. Uh, yes. Probably unlike anything you've seen Paul Schneider in before. That, I had to do exactly like a double take. Say. I'm like, is that really him? Yeah. He plays really a kind of a scumbag. He does. Anyway. And and he's he's awesome. And I'm I'm just happy to see him. Always been a fan of his, even going back to Elizabethtown, which Ooh. a movie I did not enjoy. Yeah, but he was great in that. Great on Parks and Rec, and yeah, he, he really goes against uh, against type on this. Has a moment but, where he's talking about a dog that's like genuinely like sad and yeah. weird, and it's yeah, it's a moment for sure. This movie, and I, and he was also on that that show on sci-fi the candle cove show um 
I can't remember what it was called now, but he. Oh, the the urban legend one. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm Channel really. Zero? That's it. Yes, I yeah. think it was something zero. But this, with these projects, are like really making me believe that this guy really, really is something special. Um, so just a great cast overall. Yeah, I really like the chemistry. Like I said, really like the setting. I I enjoyed it. This was a very easy watch for me. Uh, there was no like checking, checking the time or anything like that. Seeing how much was left, a story we've we've seen and heard before. Uh, I got elements of the fighter yeah. certainly, and yeah, I thought you know the cast really carries this. Yeah, what did you think? Yeah, I, I agree. I think this is definitely an actor showcase type of movie, especially because of the way they tell it. You you think of crime dramas and you think especially with gangsters, you may think of like, you know, a Scorsese movie or something. And, yeah. and this isn't that this is I think uh, in our interview, Joel Kinnaman describes it as a family drama. And it really is. It's 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 these two guys, Michael and Peter, and mm-hmm. uh, that's Joel Kinnaman and Matthias Schoenarts. And they yeah, their their interactions together are really interesting. Um, both are acting really. Uh, their their parts are well acted, and I think the movie. I think it only clocks in at like ninety minutes, so it's yeah. not like some epic. This is like wham bam and done, and it moves. It really does, almost to the point. If there was a fault with it, it is that it does move pretty quickly, and yep. things are are brought up in in conversation pretty quickly that you need to pay attention to. This isn't like a, you know, step away and go to the bathroom type of movie, or you're going to miss like some crucial, like who owes who money sort of thing. Exactly. But, but other than that, I mean, it's, it's really great. The the cast is awesome. And uh, Jeremy Guez, the director, writer, director, I should say, I think this is like his second movie, which, which is pretty cool because it's pretty well done. Um, yeah. So excited to see what he does. I recommend it. I, I think if people are are looking for a crime drama that kind of plays against type, where it's not all about the violence, it's more about like the relationships between the people, especially if you're into, uh, I think you brought The Fighter, but also like something like The Town or these movies where yes. the city and the neighborhood is as much as in the culture of the, the community is as much as important as like the, the actual plot. It's that type of movie. I, you know, you took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say that I, I really thought that the, the setting, the, the city was just as much a character and it definitely reminded me. Yeah. Like you, you said, hate saying town. that though. Right. I, I yeah. Like, yeah. The city is so much a character of this movie, but it really is. I mean, um, the, the, the original title of this movie was, uh, what was it? The sound of Philadelphia, I think. Yeah. And, and that shows you, I mean, this is a Philadelphia story. Yes. Yeah, the the setting is is as important as the characters. So th- those are the movies I'm really going to be drawn towards. But again, this is a like you said, this is an you know a movie where the actors are really shouldering the weight here, and they all do a great job. Yeah, yeah, and and boy, it has a hell of an ending. So so brace <laughs> yeah. yourself for that. It's it's yes. quite the ending. Um, but yeah, that movie comes out this Friday. I think it's in select theaters and VOD. So if you got a shot to look at it and watch it. Uh, definitely do. I think you'll enjoy it. But before we get to the interview, I asked you, Brian, before the show to come up with your absolute favorite film or TV project featuring Mr. Kinnaman, because mm-hmm. this is the Joel Kinnaman show. So now I want to give you a chance to tell us uh, what you chose and why this film is something where you think of like Joel Kinnaman. This is it. So what movie? I had to, I had to think about this one for a little bit, but I would have to say it's a, a movie called Run All Night. This came out 
I want to say five or six years ago. And it's one of many. 2015, 2015, 2015. Thank you. One of many Liam Neeson action films. I, I don't have the information in front of me, but if I recall, this is like the third uh, or fourth film that he made with um, the director of unknown and nonstop. And, you know, the, the, just Liam Neeson action movies. You think about a Liam Neeson action film from the past 10 years or so. This is, you know, in that, in that family. Let me guess. Um, he's an older gentleman with a certain set of skills. Yes. That has yes. to use them. Uh, the subtitle is taken for. Yes. <laughs> Wait, isn't there a taken for? I don't know. Um, yeah, no, I don't think they went to four. No, <laughs> they probably uh, will, but they probably yeah. will. And, I, and I'll happily, happily see that. But yeah, run all night. I mentioned that this was like his Neeson's like uh, third or fourth collaboration with the same director. You know, those movies like unknown and nonstop. This one actually is a little bit different. And I wanted to use it for this example of a, of a particularly good Joel Kinnaman performance, because there's a lot of similarities between the character he plays in that movie and what we, what we saw in his, in his latest, you know, like there's, I mean, it's definitely not exactly the same, but he's he even plays a character named Mike, if I recall, <laughs> uh, so, you know, Michael. So it's definitely um, not as like, you know, like you said, a special set of skills. You know, I'm focusing on Liam Neeson for a second here, but this is, again, a very much uh, I'm like, a you know, two brothers and that being Liam Neeson, Joel Kinnaman. Wait, they play brothers? I, brothers. I have to admit, I have not seen this movie. So, oh, it's it, it's actually very. There, there's a lot more to it than one might expect. They're involved with the Irish mob, and yeah, also similar to brothers. Exactly, exactly, and that's why going into this, I started picking out little things that I could recognize as as a Kinnaman esque, if I coin <laughs> that term. But yeah, it's a very very watchable. Not, you know, it's not a throwaway action film by any means. There's there's some a surprising amount of depth to it. And I you you mentioned the ending of um of uh, Brothers by Blood and this one surprisingly emotional ending, you know, in its own right. I I really enjoyed this movie. I haven't seen it for a while, but I remember coming away from that thinking, "Wow, there's there's something special here. I need to so, watch it again. So I'm, I'm glancing at the IMDb while we discuss this and, and yeah. let's go through this cast. So Liam Neeson, yeah. obviously Joel Kinnaman, obviously, but then you have Ed Harris, Boyd yeah. Holbrook, Vincent D'Onofrio, Common. And then you go further down. There's like Holt McCallany, who's um, the guy from Mindhunter and Fight Club. Yes. So lots of lots of good people. I it's might really actually have to check this out. And if I recall, Nick Nolte is in this as well. He is. He he plays a guy named Eddie Conlon, but he's uncredited. Yes. See, I okay. I I for a so moment I was like doubting cameo? myself, but uh yeah, sort of. I mean, okay. right. it's Nolte, you know, like he's great. Yeah. Is he, it better or worse than Hulk? Better or worse than Hulk? Um, it's um, a million times better. But in terms of Nolte performances, not nearly as good as Angel Has Fallen. Uh, <laughs> not even close. Uh, but no, this is this is a really a, a pretty darn good film. And yeah, as far as Joel Kinnaman is concerned, this guy really does have a pretty surprising range. And even though there's similarities, like I said, to what we're seeing with Brothers by Blood, you know, he plays the character well. And yeah, I, 
I don't know. I, I enjoyed the movie. Enjoyed Joe Kinnaman. It's it's not your typical Liam Neeson action film. It's it's got a lot going on. So yeah, I I'm gonna go way back to I guess this would be Joel Kinnaman's first real like American debut. Before he I guess before 2011, he was pretty much a big deal in Sweden, doing a lot of Swedish movies um, because he is a Swedish man. But in 2011. He played uh, Stephen Holder in The Killing, which is a show from AMC, and he's great in this. He stars alongside uh, Mireille Enos, who is a great actress. She's been in a number of things like World War Z. I think she was in a couple TV shows. She was, I think her show now is she's on the Hannah reboot on Amazon. Great actress. And one of your favorites, Billy Campbell. Yep. Rocketeer. Oh. Uh, and it's, it's basically this sort of, uh, I think it's Pacific Northwest where there's a murder and Murray and Joel Kinnaman have to investigate. They're like detectives and, uh, Joel Kinnaman's kind of the young upstart detective and she's kind of the grizzled vet. And it's really good. If you're looking for a TV show that is just full of mystery and atmosphere, the killing is it. It, I will say, the first season's pretty fantastic. Uh, it does start to decline in the second and third seasons, but overall, it, it's it's worth worth checking out, especially if you want to see Joel Kinnaman, a young Joel Kinnaman doing like you know this like uh, you know fun little detective role. It's pretty great, worth checking out for sure. Awesome, but but. but. I do want to talk about the elephant in the room, the robotic elephant in the room, because <laughs> uh-huh. you can't talk about Joel Kinnaman without talking about RoboCop. Uh-huh. <laughs> I wanted so badly to pick this as my recommendation, and I'm a huge RoboCop fan, and I can't for the life of me wholeheartedly recommend anybody watch this reboot, but <laughs> I think it's interesting to talk about. Yes. Um, I want to say it's underrated, and... I do think it really is underrated. I think it got a bit of a bad rap because, you know, it's the reboot or the remake of a classic film and it does kind of the exact opposite. It's PG-13 when the originals are. It has a black suit, black robotic suit versus the the kind of iconic colors of the original. And it's kind of like the like super stylized, big budget, CGI filled version of RoboCop. It's right. not great. But I think Kinnaman's good. Your thoughts? He, he no, he he absolutely is. You know, he, he definitely does the best with what he's given. You know, there's one scene in particular, and but it's a a moment where, you know, for those of you unfamiliar with the the story, it's about this police officer who, in the original film, he is violently <laughs> violently. <laughs> That's an uh, understatement. Yeah, I killed by massacred. These, yeah, massacred is is the perfect word by these you know these criminals and brought back as this uh, cyborg uh, cop and in the remake he is he's involved in an, a bombing isn't that right he's yeah he opens a car door and and there's a car bomb yes and in this remake there's one scene in particular where Gary Oldman playing the the doctor who helps to bring him you know bring him back to life and repair him and turn him into the 
black suited RoboCop, there's a scene where they take off his his armor and they show what's left of his body. And it is I, I find it to be a very almost upsetting scene. It really it's is. Really, it there's really no, is. Yeah. Like oh, there's nothing left. I mean, I think it was just his his lungs and his hand and it's, it's his heart his it, it, i think in the movie they say because i just rewatched it yeah uh, they say that it was all that is necessary to survive so it's his heart his lungs his brain and his for some reason his right hand yes so, and, and obviously his face yes and this is i i will say like this is something i noticed about brothers by blood as well joel kinnaman is very good at conveying an emotion or even just you know telling a, a story or 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 just expressing a feeling just through his looks. There were so many like you could almost say that they were blank stares in Brothers by Blood, where you could just you you knew exactly how he was feeling. And this scene in RoboCop is perfect because literally all he has to use at that point is his face, and you just it's a very shocking scene to see what's left of his body, but also just awesome acting on his behalf. Cause you just feel like, wow, what a, what a situation this guy's in. So, yeah, well, he asked, uh, and this is again, not a spoiler. This is really early on in the movie, but, uh, he asks Gary Oldman to kill him. Yeah. He says like, you know, uh, you just kill me. I don't want to live like this. Yes. And it's, it's, it's really, I wouldn't go so far as to say like an Oscar worthy or anything. It's far from that. Let's be real. Mm. But for what it is, which is an action film that is kind of a pseudo superhero movie, it's yeah. it's pretty, pretty jarring and graphic in a not bloody way. Like, yeah, the way they do it is he, he says to Gary Oldman, he wants to see without the suit on because he huh. thinks he's in a suit. And Gary Oldman says, this isn't a suit, bro. This is your body. And he's like, what are you talking about? And they just put up a mirror and just slowly peel away every bit of him till he's a floating head with lungs and a hand. Yes. And it is it's disturbing. It is. Um, but, but yeah, so I, I think the the issues with this movie and, and let's just say it's directed by Jose Padilla. Uh, has Gary Oldman, Michael Keaton, Samuel L. Jackson, Abby Cornish, Jackie Earl Haley, Michael K. Williams. It has a a really great cast. Great cast, yeah. And 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 I think everybody really brings it. Especially I want to I want to point out, other than Kinnaman, Michael Keaton, who's good in yes. everything, and yeah. Samuel L. Jackson playing the Sean Hannity of this gener of this <laughs> universe is something yeah. to behold. Uh, he even drops an MFer. Uh, in a PG-13, <laughs> though, though it is it bleeped. But yeah, it's great. But I think the problem with this movie goes to the fact that they did do PG-13, which yeah. I don't think is make or break. I think you can really push the limits of PG-13 and and still have a pretty uh, gory kind of action film. But they really tried to do... Uh, l there's like no satire in it. It is a commentary on, you know, the the state of politics and the world and, you know, what it is to be human, which is very much part of the original. But there's none of that, like, mean humor. Um, yeah. And, and that's just such a vital part of the tone of RoboCop. That's just, it's it's not in this movie. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Darren Aronofsky attached to direct at one point? Yeah. Wasn't, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that well, would have been so, something. I mean, if we talk about all the genre movies that Darren Aronofsky was attached to, he was also going to do Batman year one before Christopher Nolan took over. Mm -hmm. So 
I mean, he's been attached to things and, and he, Lord only knows what Aronofsky could have done with the body horror sort of like disturbing aspect Jeez. of RoboCop. It would have been something. Yeah. yeah. But, but also I don't think uh, they would have ever made it because True. clearly they were going for PG 13 Marvel movie. This doesn't have humor in it, like a Marvel movie, but it's clear that this is a superhero version of RoboCop. This is the Saturday yeah. morning cartoon version of RoboCop. Exactly. Um, and 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 that's just, you know, they literally did a Saturday morning cartoon version of RoboCop back in the day and it it wasn't good. Uh Did they? They had a, a cartoon. cartoon? They, had, they had a RoboCop cartoon. What? I know there were toys. I remember yeah. having I am currently looking at three action figures from RoboCop. One is from just a RoboCop series and then two are from RoboCop the series, the TV show that they had back in the day. Lots of RoboCop that people don't understand. Oh man! I can really go, quick. Is that yeah. the toys you have? Is that the one where you like load in the um, the caps and you yeah, can like yeah, yeah. make it? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I remember those. Um, yeah. I think I bought them for like two dollars at a yard sale somewhere. Fantastic. So, yeah. But uh, I wow, we're getting off on the tangent. I could talk about RoboCop for days. But <laughs> all that to say, I don't recommend it in the sense that I think it's a great movie. I do recommend it if you want to see RoboCop in a different lens because it, it is very much a different take on the, the property. And, you know, if you compare it to the original, it's a lose-lose. But if you go yeah. in kind of just saying, like, you know, it's not the original, but I'm curious to see what a 21st century RoboCop might look like, it's, it's not half bad. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, just see it as a movie that, you know, <laughs> just see it as its own film not a remake, not a reboot or whatever. There are so many, so many differences and it's, it's, it's really too bad. There's so much potential there. And yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, it's hard for me to recommend it, but at the same time, it's, it, it's at the very least it's watchable. I've used that yeah. term a few times now, but at the very least it's, you know, it's Joel Kinnaman again, doing the best he can. Michael Keaton is great, like he said. And um, yeah, I forgot that that was such a stacked cast. Everybody yeah, does yeah. a re- really Jackie good Jackie Earl Haley playing just a robot-hating dude oh, is really good, too. He's uh, fine. <laughs> he's. I just like Jackie Earl Haley. He's, Me too. A, he's a good actor. Skip Nightmare on Elm Street, but everything else, he's, he's really good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just... If you go in thinking of this as robot police officer... Then you yeah. might have a good time. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And I will say one thing that is just unforgivable, even though I love Michael K. Williams, huge wire fan, Lewis is a woman and making Lewis a dude and then not a major part of the movie. Big mistake. I agree. That dynamic between Murphy and Lewis was so good. Um, they just, they replace Lewis with his wife because the wife is like a very minor part in the original movie. And in this one, the wife and kid are are a huge part. But again, yeah, little things here and there I would have obviously changed. But, you know, if you want to watch good RoboCop, watch Paul Verhoeven's RoboCop. If you want to watch Robot Police Officer, 21st century (laughs) dude, then, you know, that's there for you too. Absolutely. Other than these movies, you had mentioned before that Joel Kinnaman has quite the IMDb. And just looking yeah. at it, we did not mention he was in a Terrence Malick movie, Night of Cups. Mm-hmm. 
He was in Child 44, an underrated movie. I think Tom Hardy's in that. He was in Suicide Squad, which he'll talk about at length in the interview. So make sure you listen to that. And he's also Indeed. in The Suicide Squad. And TV, House of Cards, he was on a season. Yeah. Crazy. Altered Carbon, he was on a season. Crazy. Hannah with Murray Enos, he was on a season of that too. So, oh, and of course, For All Mankind, his newest show. So, yes, the man works is what we're getting at. He works and he he works well. I mean, yeah. I honestly, of the Kinnaman performances I've seen, I, I've or the Kinnaman movies I've seen, I've never once disliked him. No. Yeah, he always does well. I will say, though, and I didn't say this in the interview for fear of him beating me up through the computer, <laughs> but that monologue in Suicide Squad where he introduces Katana is the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. It is. <laughs> <laughs> this is Katana. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, wow, you, watch it. That, watch. that voice was, was actually quite good. <laughs> that's like, <laughs> that's I either. only pull it out in special occasions. Uh, <laughs> again, doesn't come up in the interview for fear that he jumped through the computer screen and beat me up. Right. But, yeah, this is Katana. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, uh, yeah, that, watch Brothers by Blood. It comes out this Friday. Don't watch RoboCop, but watch The Killing and watch Run All Night because yeah, leave yeah. decent. So, yeah. yeah. So, Brian, thank you for talking Joel Kinnaman. Yes. And we're going to cut to the interview. So enjoy, everybody. Well, thanks for joining us. First, I want to apologize because normally we would have a third with us, Mike D'Angelo, but mm. his wife decided to have a baby last night. So oh, he couldn't yeah. make the interview. But... Yeah. Yeah, well, we we know where his priorities lie, obviously. And (laughs) (laughs) but he wanted me to tell you that in honor of missing this, he decided to name his kid Joel Kinnaman Mm D'Angelo. So congratulations. He's forgiven. Great news. Yeah. But okay, on to serious business. We want to talk about Brothers by Blood, which is the movie you're uh, debuting, I guess, this week. So this is a very different crime drama than people might be expecting when they hear the words crime drama. Uh, The violence is very contained. It's restrained for the most part. There's no glorifying the violence. Every shot, every punch, it's like with intent and purpose. So why do you think that that was the route to go for this movie? No, I I think, you know, it comes down to the kind of filmmaker that Jeremy Guez is. You know, he's a a brilliant young filmmaker and writer, you know, really an an auteur. And um, I think, you know... you know, he also, he's a person that grew up in, you know, hard circumstances, even though it was in France, you know, he, he very much understands this world. And I, I think that when you do that, when you've seen, you know, the kind of betrayals and, and the, you know, the repercussions that these life choices have on people, you, you, you kind of shy away a little bit from the glorification of it that I think is very, it's, it's an easy way to make something exciting, you know. And and it's just like that that sensibility that he has. I don't think he was really set out to do a gangster movie in any way. You know, it the the it's it's a family drama that uh, that has this mob world as as a backdrop and as an accelerant of the of the drama. But the the interest as a, as a filmmaker is really in these people and these characters and and how they relate to each other. I noticed like playing the bad guy has to be super fun like obviously there's a lot of sympathy that can be felt for for michael 
your character and you might argue that's a person that's just never had a chance growing up but even still you you seem to be having a lot of fun playing michael and kind of reveling in that mean streak a little bit was there a lot of thought yeah yeah (laughs) i mean was there a lot of thought that went into how like how bad you go with him without losing like even a little bit of sympathy for him yeah, I, w- I wasn't concerned with the, the audience sympathy in any way, shape, or form. And, uh, <laughs> and, it, and it's also, you know, sometimes that is, um, I think, a little bit more, when, when you're working with a European filmmaker, and, and here we were surrounded with the European crew, uh, and, you know, we're all, we were, we're all like Euro trash, you know, in, the, in this production. <laughs> and, uh, and I think that, you know, I find American productions have a little bit more of a worry around, you know, the audience feeling sympathy for characters or, you know, so, I mean, that was never actually a, a, a conversation in any way. I, I, I have actually, it's funny. I, I haven't really thought about that until this moment, um, <laughs> but, uh, but it also, it is a character that I, I think you, you can really, you can, you can go full blast with them. Uh, I mean, that, that's what was so fun. I, I, when, I, when I read the script, I was like, oh my God, this is like a dream role. And it was a little scary because I, I came in to it pretty late. So I didn't have that much prep time. And, you know, it was a Philly accent, this, you know, bordering on a sociopathic character uh, that really was, you know, the, the, the prime mover of the story. And, uh, but it, it was me and Jeremy just, clicked immediately and and i just found this walk and this look at the world and uh i got really loose really quick so like even from day one i i started improvising uh in basically every take and and playing around with it and also matthias Schoenarts, you know he's he's a he's one of the great actors of of our generation in my opinion and and he, he's also the kind of guy that, you know, he just kind of feeds you. He feeds you and, and he's generous. And uh, so it, it was a really fun, creative vibe on set. You know, sometimes you, you, you end up, you're, you're a little worried that, that someone's going to get a little jealous or, you know, feeling that you're trying to upstage them or something like that. And, uh, and, and it was, you know, between me and Matias, we just like ran with the both of us and, and, and just, we were playing like the whole time we were you know on and off <laughs> camera it, we were just kind of playing in this world and with each other and, and just had a blast i mean he's a full-blown lunatic uh as as a person uh, uh full-blown full-blown lunatic <laughs> and uh and, and just the you know hilarious guy that just is also super super talented so so, you know, anything that I threw out there, he would pick up and throw back. So, so we did, we had this really fun, you know, back and forth. And then, and then Jeremy, you know, he has that sensibility of a director that, you know, he cuts most of it out. He just like keeps little nuances because he knows exactly what, you know, what Tony wants his film to have. And um, yeah, so you, you see in the edit, it, you know, it's just, it, it just gives it uh texture and uh, yeah, I'm, I, I, it, it, I, I can't remember having more fun. Uh, it, it was a long time ago that I had more fun with a character than this one. I mean, did he sell you when he was like, and then you're going to have a cane? And you're like, <laughs> yes. Is that it? I mean, when I realized I'm actually going to have a crutch, you know, <laughs> like that, like that, oh, it was so good. It, yeah. it, it became everything. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, awesome. You I, mentioned- have the, I have that oh. cane back here and it, you know there's something evil in that cane 
because um, it was just like in my garage uh, for some reason it was just standing against the wall and yes yeah, i mean this is not a not a fun story but there's <laughs> something evil in that cane uh there was a squirrel that got stuck in my garage door uh, okay and it was just in pain and it, i realized there was no way to get him out there he had just lodged himself in so then i had to kill it with with that cane oh jeez but yeah no it's just like the evil is in it it's, that's uh, absurd <laughs> yeah wow let's let's get back to the non-animal killing for a second we're going to talk about your relationship you mentioned it with uh matthias he plays Peter and it's basically you and him for the whole movie kind of going back and forth Uh, and you're very different characters. But one thing that stood out to me is Michael seems to constantly be looking for Peter's approval and advice, which is very interesting for a guy who's kind of running things. And, you know, you're trying to be this mob boss badass. And then you're talking to Peter, who's like very quiet and it's almost sweet. I think how Michael looks at Peter. So do you think that there's a part of Michael that craves being saved or is there just that he wants Peter to join him kind of in this darkness? No, I I really, you know, that was, that was something, you know, there there was, there was, there's hints of that in, in the script, and I think uh, we, we really played it up. And uh, I, I, for me, it, it became the emotional path that, you know, all I'm doing is trying to get his, you know, to him to tell me that he loves me, you know, that it, 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 it's two guys that basically have grown up without fatherly love. Um, so in, in Michael's world, they are all they have. But Peter is is on his way out and he's on his way away. So I, I feel like that is the accelerant for for Michael to go deeper and deeper and also to do crazier and crazier things to sort of get a reaction out of out of Peter. So and then and then, you know, and then I think he is also spiraling, you know, as a person. But but it, but it is it is a, an important aspect to it. So, uh, you know, it, it it's really fun to play the these kind of characters that you know they're the hard ass gangsters and and uh, but at the center of it, it 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 is the drama of two little boys yeah yeah do you think he just needed a hug yeah he said that he just wanted love he just wanted peter to hug him oh he just wanted a hug you know <laughs> <laughs> so many people's lives could have been saved yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah really quick i'm i'm always intrigued by how an actor prepares for a role especially when the script is based off a book because basically like there's the directors and then the screenwriters and then the original author's visions for how the story should play out. And I guess kind of a two-part question, like, did you dig deeply into the book before this production began? And if so, how much did you take away from it with regards to how you played Michael? You know, of course I read the book and, uh, you know, I think Peter Drexel is, is a fantastic author. I also love God's Pocket that he, that he wrote. You know, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a great, great author. So, you know, for me, it, I don't understand why anyone wouldn't want to read the book and, and get a different nuance. You know, as long as you know that, you know, you're doing the, you're shooting the script, not the book, but maybe the book will give you some depth and some uh, perspective mm-hmm. to things that, that the script can't provide. Because, you know, it, it's always an abbreviated version. Like the, a, a, a film is always a short story. And, uh, and it, of course, when you're going to shoot a, a, a short story based on a novel, something's going to get lost. So, so, of course, to find that texture, you want to you get back to the book. And, and also see if, if there's something in the tone of the, direct, of the, of the author that, 
that, that could be of help and, and uh, to, to sort of add texture to the story. Um, so yeah, for sure, you know, it, it is, it is uh, you know, um, there's a lot that has been uh, uh, changed, but, but also there's very much this very, very true to, to, the, to the book. It's uh, based on a book called uh, uh, City of Brotherly Love. Yeah, and I know that this film, it's not the only major project you have this year in 2021. You know, obviously there's the Suicide Squad in August. First film, financial success, but critics seem to be mixed on it. And mm -hmm. uh, David Ayer, you know, definitely isn't a fan, even pushing for his own director's cut. Yeah. So coming back for James Gunn's film, is there any desire to fix any of those perceived issues with the first film? And then looking back at the first film, do you think Ayer's cut would have been more interesting to see released? Like, what are your thoughts on that? You know, you you always want to see the filmmakers cut. You know, it, it's it's always a shame when when the when the filmmakers' vision doesn't make it to the the cinema. Of course, there's always going to be compromise. Uh, you know, there's always going to be compromise, and I find you know the, the bigger the budget, the the bigger the compromise. Usually, that that's the case. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, but yes, I would love to see, uh, you know, I'm sure it would be much more interesting. Uh, the, the, you know, David's, uh, David's take on the Joker was really interesting and that didn't really come out in the movie that we saw. But, um, you know, with, uh, with, with James Gunn, uh, it's a whole new universe. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, it's a completely different thing. It's just, you know, but, but, but there, you know, some of these uh, characters that David Ayer, you know, created are, are still in the movie, of course, um, but with a very different tone, very, very different. So we kind of, you know, all just started with the blank slate, you know, that, that's, that's how we went at it. We, we weren't, it, it doesn't feel like we're doing a sequel in any way. It's, uh, yeah, it, it's a strange kind of middle ground of a, of a, of a sequel and, and a you know reboot um, somewhere in between there and uh, and so the title kind of alludes to it as well. It's a uh, well, you add the to anything and it just changes out. It changes all. Yeah. No, but but it, but it's like uh, the the tone of this film. You know, like there wasn't a day on set where we didn't have you know laughing fits. Um, and it, it it's the first real comedy that I've been in. Um, and, and, you know, of course, James wrote it as well. And, and here, you know, this is actually the one, uh, the kind of example that, that goes against what I just said. I don't think he had to compromise one iota of his vision. You know, <laughs> Warner Brothers is so stoked to, 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 to get James and, uh, and for him to take over this. So he really got to do exactly what he wanted. And um, so it's, that, it's definitely going to be the biggest budget R-rated movie that's ever been made, and it's heavily R-rated and <laughs> super silly. Uh, it's really like childish, childish humor, you know. And and then it also it finds these profound moments where you know you get really emotionally moved and invested, and then it's super violent, and then it's really silly again, and it's just like it. it Every page in that in that script made me laugh. Every page. Awesome. Um, I mean, that's great. And 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 just every character is so ridiculous. Um, You're using keywords that I really respond to: heavily R-rated, super violent, silly, and ridiculous. These yeah. it sounds like a movie made for me. 
Yeah. Um, and then John Cena is in it. And oh, I mean, you know, who is just yeah. a comedic genius. Uh, like, he is, yeah, he's such a lunatic. Um, <laughs> you uh, work with I, a lot of lunatics we're learning <laughs> um, that way yeah so I, I i would be remiss if i didn't mention this i'm a massive massive robocop fan oh cool and i'm not a sh- I did? i'm sorry did you hate the one i did so <laughs> no uh i didn't actually um okay. but I, I the first one's like my favorite movie of all time and i think yeah. i think that what you guys did with the 2014 one was uh you kind of went in a different direction it is like a true remake right you took the basic yeah. idea and you kind of win your own way um which i respect even if i you know there were some issues i think everybody can agree with but yeah. had i made that movie today you know that was like the first big movie that i that i did I like all my instincts. Uh, I had to quell all my instincts for everything, yeah. you know, over the course of that film. I was like, why am I wearing a black suit? That doesn't make any <laughs> sense at all. Why, you know, the first, you know, the first interview that I did for Robocop, um, and it was just after I'd been cast. And, um, and I, was, I, was, I think I was doing press for the killing or something like that. And, and then I got the first questions for, for Robocop. And, and, and the question was like, so is it going to be R rated? And I was like, of course, it's going to be R-rated. You know, only an idiot would make RoboCop a PG-13 movie. Cut to the next morning, 47 missed calls I wake up oh, to. Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, so, like, I don't uh, even think the R-rating is the, the, the oh, thing about no, it. No, the thing is, like, Jose Padilla is, uh, is, is a, you know, a, re- a really legit and great filmmaker. And, and he has, he's a very, very smart guy. Yeah. And he saw a way of using the RoboCop concept of telling, you know, a different story, telling a story about the military industry complex, about like America as a colonial power in the world. You know, it was pretty critical of, of United States foreign policy and, 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 you know, all those, you know, very interesting and valid, you know, pursuits. Um, but I think that what was underestimated was, and what I didn't feel like the, the sort of the whole movie didn't, take into account what the fans loved about it. And you have to pay homage to that. Um, and, um, and I think that, you know, the, the producers and, and the filmmakers and, and me included didn't really understand how to do that in the right way. And, uh, and therefore, I think, it, it, I think it's a really solid movie. It just kind of didn't feel the, fit the Robocop concept. Yeah, and then and I agree with just about everything you said. And I do want to say though, you know, I I don't want to crap on the movie because I think if everything, your Alex Murphy is actually really good, and and that I think is the highlight of the movie. So mm-hmm. kudos. Yeah, to I mean, you. we went we went for something that was you know like emotionally to be emotionally honest, and uh, and um, it just it should have had more humor and irreverence and. Uh, and I'll buy know, that for a dollar. The, the, yeah. It should have been more of a satire, you know, because I think yeah. the, the, the satire is at, uh, is at the core of it. But, you know, also when, when you see films from great filmmakers like Paul Verhoeven, you know, I don't think you should remake their films really because it's so, it, it, you know, it, it, it's so much that filmmaker's tone, you know. I, I think you saw the same thing with Total Recall. It, it, yeah. You can't really, because it, it's a tone that's behind it and it's because that filmmaker has such a particular voice. He has a very particular voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His movies are, are something else. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to, to wrap up here and uh, just wanted to say that you mentioned The Killing. If anybody has not seen The Killing, go see The Killing. It's a great series from AMC. It's been a decade 
since that show came out, which is that's nuts crazy, to yeah. think about. That That's something. So uh, just real quick, do you want to hype up For All Mankind, your newest show? Season yeah. two is coming out, War on the yeah. Moon, apparently. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm super stoked about this show. It's uh, The writing is brilliant. And, uh, it, you know, I think when people see the, the, the second season, they're going to get a... a more of an understanding of like how big this show is becoming and 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 how grand the vision is for the show you know jumps 10 years now in the mid 80s and it's the new uh the new 80s you know in this new timeline that has been created and technology the the innovation of technology has has accelerated the cold war is, is boiling hot on the moon uh, and in space and you know and all these characters lives are you know weaving together the that weave and and it's uh yeah it's really exciting very 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 uh thoughtful and nuanced character portraits and yeah it, it's a uh, I, I feel like that show got a little bit lost in the shuffle we were the, one of the first batch of, of apple tv plus's shows and um and we're finding that more and more people are are finding it as, as more and more people are finding Apple TV Plus. So, you know, we we just uh, we just got picked up for a third season. We're gonna start shooting That's awesome. that um, in in a, in a month or so. And yeah, it, it's like you know everyone that's a part of the show loves it and, and is you know super proud of it. And uh, yeah, it, it's really exciting to see that more and more people are finding it. Yeah, I just anecdotally real quick before we let go, I just wanted to say that we shared the trailer and in my headline, I put that it was the Cold War on the moon and no lie, all the comments were like, that's a show I want to watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. there you go. I think I think season two is going to be great. But uh, yeah, so thanks for joining us, Joel. It's been Thank great. Uh, lots of fun. And uh, everybody go see Brothers by Blood when it comes out Friday. Yes. Um, so yeah, thank you for joining us. Beautiful. Thanks so much. Pleasure talking to you guys. That was really yeah. fun. Have a good thank one. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Take care. Thank you.